You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, there is some good news finally for the Bomber fans. We've got a debut, a debut game for Irving Mosquito and Jake Stringer is back. How exciting is that? Yeah, super exciting, mate. Uh, I think I saw a tweet during the week, you know, the, the greatest smile in Australia just got bigger, you know, with Irving Mosquito. He's got that beautiful smile that... And, uh, you know, it would be great to see him line up against the Tigers. Uh, obviously, a momentous occasion with Dreamtime being played in Darwin this year. So it should be super exciting uh, for not only Irving as a young bloke making his debut, but for the whole team in general. And obviously, great to have uh, Jakey Stringer back as well. Certainly missed him in the side. Yeah, and I really liked that the club's made a bit of a statement. You know, they haven't put managed next to the players' names they've uh, omitted. They've left them as omissions, and there were six players dropped, as well as the uh, injury to Connor McKenna. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And, you know, we we called a few of these. Uh, some of them, you know, were slightly less expected, but, um, yeah, definitely good to see that they haven't, uh, I suppose, pussyfooted around, you know, they've uh, labelled them omitted. And uh, I've got to say, with the ins, mate, we, we picked... Basically all of these, except uh, you know Hooker was obviously not coming up for this game, but Jackie Stringer comes in as a very welcome addition to the side. Um, but yeah, as you say, it was great to see the club make a, a statement and say, look, if you're not performing, you're out. And uh, yeah, there was no nowhere to hide with everyone being omitted. And some news that from the training apparently. Um... Can you believe it? Orazio Fantasia has injured that calf again, and you've got to think now he's unlikely to play for the rest of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, saw Matty Lloyd uh, bring that information out, and it's not great. Uh, and uh, as you say, like we haven't got left long in the season now, so to see him back, he'd be racing the clock, and you sort of think what benefit for. Um, so, yeah, disappointing. For Raz, but hopefully it's a opportunity for a younger player um, to sort of make their mark in the side and see if they go from there. Well, it'll be interesting because has Raz played his last game for us? And the other question is the intrigue around Joe Danaher. Uh, some news reports were reporting he was going to play this week, but I found an interesting quote from uh, John Worsfold's presser today. Do you want to go through that, mate? Oh mate, the the quote that I uh, that I got was oh, it's paraphrasing obviously, but basically, you know, what's going to happen first? Joe Denher comes back and plays for the Essendon Football Club, or you know, they get their vaccine for the coronavirus. So um, yeah, you sort of wonder which one's more likely. And look, while he was probably tongue in cheek, uh, you never quite know with Worsfold um, because yeah, it might be the case that. You know, Jay might not line up for us again. I'm hoping it's just the fact that, you know, we didn't want to, you know, rush him back too early and we've just given him an extra week, given that we're travelling to Darwin and then uh, coming back for the next round. But, yeah, I don't know. How do you read that, Jane? Well, it's interesting. Like, if you look at him, apparently all the reports are he's training quite well. But uh, you hear various reports that, one, he's refusing to play scratch matches, even when the club asks him to. Um, and two, uh, and this is 
probably more doubtful this is happening. Apparently, he's told the club he's not going to play for them uh, for the for this season, and look, is still exploring his options for next year with an eye on Sydney. So, I think this will come to a head probably by next week. I think if he's not named for the Hawthorne match, I think we can probably read into that that um, there's a bit of an agreement or a, a disagreement about him returning to the side. And if that's the case, um, yeah, it would be very disappointing. It will, but, you know, in, in saying that, um, if he does want to play for the Bombers, um, you know, good luck to him and, and off you go because we really want people to represent the Essendon Football Club not whinge and moan when they're asked to do something. I mean, in terms of the management of Joe's injury, uh, you've heard both sides of the story that, you know, Essendon uh, didn't manage that injury correctly. We asked him to play, like, when it was a bit too early and, or, you know, we sort of decided to wait out the injury to see how it would come up as opposed to going straight in for surgery. Um and, and mind you, in both of those contexts, Joe Danaher has a role to play as well. If he didn't feel he was ready, I'm sure he was in a position to say, no, I'm not going to play. And equally, uh, in terms of whether to go under the knife or not for the injury, I'm sure Joe had a, uh, a role to play there to say how he felt. Um, and certainly... You know, the injury he had, there's a lot of debate within the medical field. Certainly, I'm not qualified uh, nor knowledgeable enough on that to, to know the ins and outs, but there does seem to be a bit of divide as to, look, it's better if it can recover on its own without having to go under surgery. Um, however, if it doesn't come up, then it, it does need to uh, be operated on, uh, which unfortunately is what's happened in the end, and that delay between him getting surgery uh, has meant it effectively hasn't been a play for the last two years. So I understand uh, Joe's frustration there, uh, but at the end of the day, you are employed by the Essendon Football Club as it stands right now with a contract that you have signed in your name. Um, and if you're refusing to play for the Bombers, uh, then really you're not uh, you're not you're not helping us. Uh, in terms of our wishes and trying to, you know, uh, have a successful team again. Uh, so good luck to you, and let's hope we can bring in some new blood uh, that do want to don the sash with pride. Yeah, and we should say we're not privy to any of this information, so um, it's always buyer beware with some of this information because um, we're not 100% sure if that's the case. It could simply be that he is not ready to play, and that's why he's not playing. But all the background chatter is saying that the club has asked him to play in scratch matches. He's refused. Um, he was asked about playing this week, and he refused. So, uh, obviously, none of this is uh, accredited to any proven source. So it could be, you know, misinformation. But I'm just going... Sometimes you've got to read between the lines in the AFL world because... Um, you know, clubs aren't always honest with their members, especially around topics like this. So um, that's going to be a you know scenario that plays out as the season goes on. Uh, mate, why don't we go through the actual uh, listed changes for this week? Absolutely, mate. So out of the side is Connor McKenna, who's picked up another injury. I believe it's a leg injury uh, somewhere there, which is unfortunate. Um, 
But for the omissions, so there's Brandon Zerk Thatcher, Jacob Townsend, Josh Begley, Kobe Much, Sean McKernan, and Tom Cutler. Into the side come Aaron Francis, Braden Ham, Devin Smith, Irving Mosquito, Jakey Stringer, Mason Redman, and Tom Bellchambers. Uh, so if I go through the side, mate, um, from the backs, we've got Adam Sard, Aaron Francis, and Michael Hurley. Halfbacks, we've got Jordan Ridley, Matt Guelphie, Marty Gleason. Centres, we've got Dylan Clark, Andy McGrath, Zach Merritt. Half forward line of Dylan Shield, Braden Ham, Irving Mosquito. Forwards of Jakey Stringer, James Stewart, and Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody. On the bench, there's Sammy Draper, Will Snelling, and Darcy Parrish. Uh, oh, sorry, that's the followers. Uh, with the interchange of uh, Kyle Langford, Tom Bellchambers, Mason Redmond, and Dev Smith. With the emergencies of Brandon Zerk Thatcher, Kobe Much, Josh Begley, and Andrew Phillips. Yeah, so just looking at that side, you wonder, um, you know, there is a bit of talk about Jordan Ridley perhaps being a late um, you know, t- a player taken out of the game due to some injuries picked up. Now, let's hope that's not the case because obviously he's leading our Don's cast medal votes at the moment and we would hate to lose him because he's been our most consistent performer. But uh, if he was to go out, uh, you would assume that probably Brendan Zerk Thatcher would be the player to come back because when you look at it, you've got Tom Lynch, um, you've got Rewalt. Uh, you're relying at this stage on Hurley and Francis to take on them. And I don't know about you, mate, but, um, you know, I just think we're probably one tall short there. Yeah, absolutely, James. I think that's spot on there. Uh, so I think if that is the case, it might be the fact that Essendon's still sending a message to Zerk Thatcher that you can't continue to underperform. You will be dropped from the side. Uh, and it's only... You know, if it is the case, it's only injury to really that has allowed you to come back in because we need a backman. Uh, so hopefully that fires him up to perform. But I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, in terms of matchups, I wouldn't be comfortable with, um, you know, Aaron Francis or, or Hurley manning up on Tom Lynch. I think he's just, he's too big for him. Um, and uh, yeah, certainly when you got Rewalt down there as well, who can get pretty dangerous. I'd much rather to have a, another sort of big-bodied uh, defender down there, which I think Zerk Thatcher can um, can do quite well. Yeah, like he was obviously uh, totally outclassed last week, but I still think there's a lot of promise with uh, BZT. And, yeah, I'd definitely, um, you know, if Ridley was to miss, he would be the player I'd be bringing in because... As I say, we're relying heavily on Francis and Hurley to do a job on, you know, Tom Lynch, who's, you know, a very, very capable forward. Uh, and as we said, we've been beaten by those big forwards in the past. Um, so, you know, let's hope Carl Hooker's not too far away. Um, sounds like he's only a week away, so he could be back next week. Um, but in the meantime, I think, uh, yeah, Brendan Zirk Thatcher would definitely be in consideration um, Jake Stringer back, that's really important for us. I'd love to see uh, Jake back because he adds a bit of excitement at least. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to the pairing of um, AMT and also Mozzie up there as well. So I reckon the Darwin crowd would love that. Absolutely, they will, mate. 
and it'll be it'll be just electric uh, for these blokes to get out there and in Darwin. Obviously, you know the climate there is quite different to to what we get in Melbourne or and even even in Brisbane and uh, and Perth and Adelaide because uh, it's a lot more humid, so it'll bring a, a different element to the game. So um, you know, hopefully, we got some boys who can who can hold up in those sort of conditions because uh, it will be a very different game. And um, I'm sort of hoping, you know, because it is a bit more humid up there, perhaps those sort of dewy kind of conditions you can get might allow uh, our smalls to get a bit more involved in the game. But even our forward line, I think it should structure up much better having effectively two marking targets there in Jake Stringer and James Stewart. Uh, and even if they don't mark the ball, I'd, I'd back him to make a contest to, to bring the ball to ground and again to bring our smalls into the game and hopefully, you know, whether it's Mozzie, Tipper, uh, Smith, uh, you know, get on the end of them and, and kick a couple of goals uh, would be fantastic. Yeah, all right, so we're playing the reigning premiers. Do you want to read out their side, mate? Absolutely, mate. So out for them is Nathan Broad and... Basher Hooley comes into their side. So if I go from their back line, so you've got Basher Hooley, Dylan Grimes, Noah Bolter. Halfbacks, you've got Jaden Short, Nick Flaston, and Oleg Markov. Centres, you've got Camden McIntosh, Jack Graham, Marlion Pickett. Half forward line of Jake Arts, Kane Lambert, Tom Lynch. Forward line of Jack Rewalt, Dustin Martin, Jason Castagna. Followers of Ivan Soldo, Shai Bolton, and Trent Cochin. And on the bench, you've got Liam Baker, Sydney Stack, Daniel Rioli, and Mabior Chole. With the emergencies of Jack Ross, Jack Higgins, Nathan Broad, and Thompson Dow. Yeah, so that's a pretty formidable, well, sorry, a pretty formidable lineup uh, that we've got to play. So, um,. There's a little bit of talk, mate, that we're uh, eyeing one of the Tigers' uh, midfielders who usually plays on the half-forward flank a bit. Uh, you across that story? Uh, yeah, I heard about it uh, during the week. So Jack Graham is reportedly who we're looking at. But, I mean, honestly, mate, um, he's he's not a big-bodied mid that we're, we're sort of after. Uh, and to me, while he does seem to play a bit more of a contested brand of footy, um, I don't think he really feels a, a massive need for us. Uh, I don't know how you read it. Yeah, I was the same. Like again, he's a one hundred and eighty-one centimetre, um, and he's more of a forward than a mid in my eyes. Uh, well, especially in that Richmond lineup. So yeah, I know the club has to explore all avenues to improve. But, uh, yeah, that was just a link that we've had. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see whether anything of that comes to fruition or not. Um, yeah, the Tigers, that's a pretty scary lineup if uh, that you just read out. And I guess uh, the main player we've got to think about first of stopping is Dusty Martin. And do you, uh, what do you do with him? Do you go head-to-head or... Do you try and put a Dylan Clark on him? I, I don't know. It's He's just a brilliant player and he's going to be very hard to stop. Yeah, I think that's perhaps why Dylan Clark kept his spot on the side. I, I think you know we'll have to play a bit of a defensive role on him because I don't see any of our backs being able to stay with him. Like Sardi's obviously quick and skilled enough, um, but he's not strong enough 
uh, you know, he'll be outbodied by by Martin pretty easily. Uh, if you look at you know Hills and Francis, they're not fast enough to stay with him. Um, you know, and, and you know, really with you know Gleeson, Ridley, and Guelphie as the other options down there, I wouldn't be um, backing them uh, strength-wise to to stay with him either. So Dylan she, uh, Dylan Clark's really the only one I can see going with him. Um, but in in any case, it won't be a full lockdown. It'll just be a sort of a damage limitation kind of role. Like if you if he's going to get his kicks, make sure he he gets them you know under pressure. Uh, so he like Dylan Clark's role should be like to basically follow him into the change rooms. Like don't don't leave him, stick to him like glue that kind of thing. Because as soon as you give him space, uh, that's where he's able to use his uh, you know sublime skills really um, to make some really beautiful kicks inside forward and that's where you bring you know Lynch and, and these guys into the game to, to kick goals on you and of course uh, Trent Cotchen he's come back and he's probably played one of his better games uh, from last week so he's back as well and Shy Bottom has been fantastic this year for the Tigers uh, it's going to be a huge challenge for the Bombers uh, considering the form we're in as well, um, yeah, look, it's going to be a tough game for us, no doubt. And I just hope that um, we can be respectable. And I think, you know, any Essendon fan wants to see is effort. And, you know, uh, you, know you can be outclassed at times. Um, and we understand we've got, still got a lot of plays out. But, um, yeah, I just want to see more effort than was shown last Sunday against the uh, Saints. Yeah, well, and it's that structure. We we need to start showing some semblance of a game plan. Uh, and moreover, not even just like the plan A, if things aren't working, we need to be able to show flexibility to adapt to the situation to come up with a plan B as to how else we might be able to combat Richmond's setups and, and how they're playing because... Um, that's the thing that's really shone out to me is our lack of a game plan makes us just look lost out there. And, uh, yeah, sides have just been running all over us. Yeah. And um, I've had some time to reflect after last Sunday's uh, effort. And you know, I was fuming as probably picked up in the podcast and speaking to you, mate. But, um, yeah, I, I think in reflection, uh, even though the Saints had put the queue in the rack, it was at least, at least we managed that scoreline a little. Like, if we had it continued and lost by you know ten goals plus, I think we would have been even more heightened. But I think, as you say, it was more the way we play, and just our you know long kick down the line. It's just so predictable, and that was frustrating to watch. I really hope the clubs had a good uh, you know good chat about where we're at. Um, how we're perceived and what we can do to get better. Yeah, I think you've been a bit generous, mate. I mean, you know, while we didn't get pumped by 10 goals, I think that was more a reflection of, you know, Saints' inability to to kick a few goals. Um, so Max King missed a couple of easy ones. Uh, there are a couple of others that they missed that they normally would have swallowed up. Uh, but in any case, um, yeah, it is that uh, that game plan and that kind of thing. So... Let's hope the boys can can get around each other and uh, just you know knuckle down and 
stick to the structures and hopefully get the ball going forward for us and make the most of their opportunity up there in Darwin to show what the Bombers are all about. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's hope for a good game because, as you say, like all, all we want is that willingness to get into the contest um, and sort of not die wondering kind of thing. Um, and the, the real disappointment comes when we, we just, you know, don't look like we've come to play. So... Yeah, let's hope the boys um, really get up there and uh, and fire up because I'm sure the Darwin crowd will um, really enjoy a good showing of footy. Yeah, one tweet that I liked today, um, I don't know if there's any truth behind it, it was one of the Melbourne journeys, I just can't remember which one, but uh, he stated that uh, there was some changes already happening within the club and apparently Paul Brasher has started to roll up the sleeves um, in preparation for taking over the presidency and already has been making some KPIs to uh, find improvement. So um, if I can find that tweet, I'll, I'll read exactly what it said, but um, I think it would be fantastic if that's true because that's long overdue that a senior bomber official calls for improvement from the club and, you know... We've put up with this for a long time now, um, and I think it's great to hear that the president uh, incoming has some expectations on what we can be expecting from the Bombers. Absolutely, mate. That's that's fantastic to hear. So, um, yeah, and I think because what we don't like as, as fans, I mean, we can, I suppose, I mean, we've copped a lot of disappointment over the years. Um but what we don't like is just being, I suppose, uh, treated, um, you know, without without communication and that kind of thing, um, as if we're we're just the the money for them. At the end of the day, um, you know, because I'm I'm personally a little bit disappointed. You know, the club hasn't come out and uh, sort of communicated. You know, things are happening in the club. Um, but um, yeah, that that's, that's it does sound a uh, a promising sign, mate. Yes, that's right. And um, I, I said it's uh, long overdue. Uh, we've got to stop worrying about what the players um, how they're feeling and uh, worry about how the club is perceived and how we're actually performing. Uh, if it upsets a few people um, within the club, and it's done with the right intentions to get better then um, I can happily live with that. All right, mate. Well, why don't we uh, have a break and uh, we'll come back with our Remember When segment. (laughs) You're listening to the Don's Cast and our regular segment is uh, Remember When. And, mate... Why don't we start with your game as we always do? What year are we going back to? Mate, I'm going all the way back to 2004. Uh, round 15 is the game I'm looking at. Uh, so going into the 2004 season, we'd lost some guns with Alessio and Barnard having hung up the boots after the team finished sixth in the 2003 season. Kevin Sheedy remained coach and James Hurd was still the great captain and champion of the club. Uh, we started the reason... The season pretty poorly though, losing our first two games of the season before winning our next six. 
We then lost one before winning the next two. Unfortunately, we dropped the next three games and needed a win to stay in contention for a potential top four finish. Richmond, on the other hand, were the cellar dwellers of the competition with only four wins up until round 15 that year. As the game started, though, the Tigers jumped us, kicking the first three goals of the game before Matthew Lloyd was taken high in a tackle and pumped through our first. Richmond kicked another, though, and continued to threaten, but Scotty Lucas had other plans and kicked the ball into Matthew Lloyd in the forward line. He was able to outbody his opponent and take the mark before converting truly to cut their lead to just two goals going into the first break. The second quarter was a struggle with neither side being able to take full advantage on the scoreboard. But when Ted Richards had the ball on the wing, he kicked the ball to Damian Peverell, who pumped the ball into a contest at the top of the square, which was crumbed by a new recruit, Justin Murphy, to kick our third goal. Our fourth came when Lloyd led his man to the footy, who cannoned into his back, and Lloyd went back from the free kick and kicked his third of the match. Richmond pegged one back, but when David Hill booted the ball inside 50, Herdy outbodied his opponent to kick an easy goal from 35 metres out. Lloyd got his fourth moments later to take back the lead, but Richmond kicked the next two. Richmond were getting undisciplined though and had already roughed up a couple of bombers in the match, but when Otten shoved Lloyd to the ground to, uh, to take a mark, Lloyd got another free kick to kick his fifth goal. Going into half time, we still trailed by under a goal, but our players were building that belief again. At the start of the third, McPhee kicked, kicked for goal where it was marked on the goal line by Lloyd to go back and kick his thick, sixth and give the Bombers back the lead. We were without Lucas and Hurd though, who had, been, uh, who had both taken significant knocks, so it was up to the rest of the blokes on the park. We then got goals through Murphy, Hill and then again Matthew Lloyd with his seventh of the match and Murphy kicked his third of the match when Kepler Bradley uh, picked the ball up off the deck to handball to him on the run, where he launched the kick from 50 metres out to see it sail through and have us leading by five goals. We weren't done, though, with Mark Alvey crumbing the ball off a pack to kick yet another bomber goal, which was then followed up by Nathan Lovett-Murray, who socketed a bouncing footy through the goals to stretch our lead even further. Richmond got a late goal that quarter, but we still held a six-goal lead going into the final term. Richmond got the first of the fourth quarter before McPhee dobbed one. Kepler Bradley kicked his first of AFR footy after just being drafted the year before, and then Lloydy bobbed up with his eighth goal of the game. Mark Johnson got involved as well uh, with a goal, and it was all Essen in that quarter, with the next coming to Jason Johnson, and then Joe Mercedi kicked the next two. The Tigers got one more goal for the game, but Jason Johnson and Nathan Lovett-Murray piled on another two goals before Lloyd kicked his ninth goal for the match to finish the Tigers off. We'd won that game 24 goals 11, 155, to the Tigers 11 goals 11, 77. And I just loved how he dug deep in that first half to stay competitive when the Tigers had the run on us early. And then we put the foot on their throat when we smelt blood in the water. And mate, it's been a bloody long time since we've really buried a side like that. And I just love looking back on that game. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've beaten the Tigers full stop, isn't it? And uh, that was a good game that you just brought up. But uh, yeah, I think you had a stat, mate. Was it six or seven years we haven't beaten the Tigers full? 
Yeah, mate, uh, 2014 was the last year we beat the Tigers, so a uh, bloody long time between drinks, and uh, I don't see it happening this week, but uh, we can live and hope. Yeah, definitely. Well, my game... So take us through your game, oh, Joe. sorry. Yeah, my game's uh, from the 2002 season. Uh, it was round 17, late in the season. Essendon were coming down the mountain after three seasons of excellence uh, that should have netted at least two premierships. But we had the 2000 Premiership to show for it only. Um, so we were starting to come down and we started to regress. And at the end of uh, round 16 of 2002, we were outside the top eight. And it seemed after injuries and forced player trades, it was unlikely we were going to play, make the finals. Uh, we'd lost our previous two games. We are playing Richmond. Now Richmond, we th- if we thought we were coming down the mountain, Richmond fell off the peak. After making a preliminary final in 2001, they were languishing in second last spot. I remember going to this game on a Friday night thinking we could get a big win and get ourselves back in the eight. Now it was pretty horrible conditions, windy and um, yeah, it was pretty bad. Uh, you know, it wasn't really the environment for a great game of footy, but uh, regardless, you know, I went in thinking we can get a big win. The first quarter started like that, and in fact, it was our main goal kickers from the last 15 years that had provided all four of our first quarter goals in Scotty Lucas, Matty Lloyd, and the returning Paul Salmon. Uh, we held a like, four-goal lead going into quarter time, uh, and we got the first goal through David Hill one minute 20 seconds into the next quarter. So despite the poor conditions... It uh, looked like we were going to be coasting to a very good win. The game became very scrappy, but we still peppered the goals. But we kicked six consecutive points. And then as Murphy Law goes, uh, the Tigers took it up the other end and kicked the goal themselves. So all that hard work had been equalised because we hadn't been able to capitalise. Um, we still had a 23-point lead at half-time. The third quarter belonged to Richmond as they slammed on four goals to none and it seemed the Bombers were off their feet. The Tigers led by three points going into the last quarter. And I remember at three-quarter time, mate, just thinking, what have we become? You know, we couldn't even beat Richmond and we still had great players who were coming near the end of their career in Herd and so forth. But, um, you know, we had the talent that should have been a long way in front. Matty Lloyd kicked an early goal in the last after a couple of Jason Johnson misses to put the Dons back in front. But then the next 15 minutes belonged to the Tigers. But like us in the third quarter, they missed opportunity after opportunity and uh, had the result still with us up by one point. And this game was like this for 15 minutes of just scrappy contest where Richmond would get out the back but not be able to finish. Uh, the comeback uh, man, Paul Salmon, kicked the most important goal of the match at the 22-minute mark of the last term. It gave the Dons a seven-point lead. Uh, after a late goal to Greg Stafford for Richmond, uh, the result was back to one point, and uh, shortly after that, time expired. So the Dons held on. Uh, they won by a point. It wasn't a pretty game, and I don't remember it fondly, but it, I do remember just 
feeling the relief of winning that game. And it actually got us back in the eight uh, in a spot that we'd actually hold. And I think overall we finished uh, actually fifth after the regular season. But, um, yeah, you could start seeing the cracks in the Bombers' armour after three brilliant seasons. So, yeah, it was a bit of a, a sign of what was coming. Uh, and, um, yeah, unfortunately, we would drop off the mountain eventually, but it was a good ride while we were up there. Yeah, it certainly was, mate. And as you say, look, we had such a great side. And that 2000 season, we were just invincible. And, you know, we didn't think we'd, you know, go off the perch that quickly. Um, I don't, yeah, like, as you say, we had some great players, like, around that time. You know, Dean Rioli was still playing. I remember him having a good good game that uh, that day. And, um, yeah, he obviously had Lloydie and Lucas. And, like, I suppose even on their on their sort of down games, they were still good for a couple of goals. Um, James Hurd, obviously, um, you know, absolute gun. Uh, Paul Salmon on his day could uh, kick bags of goals. But, uh, yeah, as you say, mate... Uh, <laughs> We scraped scraped away with the win, and look, sometimes um, those are the ones you remember because you know you, you've <laughs> you've been hard up against it for for a little while, and um, just that win can just make you feel uh, just electric after. But um, yeah, that's a uh, good recount. But um, yeah, I suppose you know a bit of a um, uh, two-edged sword because you remember how great we were and. Uh, yeah, how long it's been since we've had success from then. Yeah, I think it was the uh, Essendon fire sale that <laughs> saw the end of the club because, um, you know, we had to trade out players because we'd overestimated what the salary cap would be. Um, we put Hurdy and Lloydie on massive contracts and, um, yeah, we had to move players out and I think it started with Damien Hardwick and he was a real heart and soul player for us and he left and... You know, uh, Gary Moorcroft was another one, and then out went Chris Heffernan, who was seen as a bit of a leader around the club. Um, you know, Mark Johnson would eventually go. So he started, oh, Dean Solomon, there's another one. So the club was forced in a way to Justin Blumfield. I keep remembering them now, like all these players had to be traded out over time, and um, yeah, it was just. It really, I don't think we uh, we took into account how much that would hurt the club for future, uh, just the way that the, the culture within the club. And uh, we seem to want to fast track this youth movement, but as we know now, it never um, eventuated into anything other than seeing us uh, fall down the ladder. Yeah, but no, look, that's, that's footy, mate. We've, we've made plenty worse decisions since then. <laughs> yeah, definitely but um uh look we call us uh insane or whatever you want um we'll be there for the bombers wherever they go um you know we we have put up with it for so long um you know and uh, i'm just fortunate enough i can still remember the great times and i'm sure one day we'll get there again i've got to have faith knowing that but um yeah we just need a, a new direction by the club and I think, as you mentioned earlier, mate, we need to get players that want to represent the club. You know, to my, for my mind, we've got too many players 
that supposedly don't want to play for the club. And if that's true about Fantasia, Danaher, and even McKenna, um, you know, even though they're great players and we hate to lose them uh, out of the club, if that's the way they feel, I just feel like we've got to just say, all right, you want to go? Off you go. We'll get our best deal that we can in return. And uh, we'll pick players that want to play for the Essendon Football Club to make us great again. Mate, around your selection, Tom, I'm not sure how uh, popular that saying is. But, uh, but absolutely, let's, uh, let's see the bombers fly up anyway. All right, well, we'll have a break, mate, and we'll come back with our uh, match predictions. Um, uh, I don't think any of us are going to pick the bombers, but uh, let's uh, see if we can get some of the other results right. That's after the break. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, we always do our uh, three match predictions, and we start off with the first goal, mate. Who's going to kick the Bombers' first goal? Look, he's been out of the side for a while, mate, and I reckon Jake Stringer will be absolutely chomping at the bit to have a have a ping at goal. So I'm going to back him in to kick out first. How about yourself, mate? Well, it's not just because it's dream time, but I think he's due, and I think he'll want to st- set the uh, scene. So I'm going to go AMT up in Darwin to show the Bomber fans just how good he is and uh, set a tone for the match. Uh, next one is most possessions for the Bombers. Who have you got? Uh, I'm going to back in Dylan Shield. I think, you know, he, he's starting to really look good last week in, in terms of, you know, getting his possession rate up anyways. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, the way he's able to sort of run and carry the ball uh, should suit him. This kind of game, you know, we know Richmond's game plan is to sort of get it forward at uh, at all costs kind of thing. So I think you'll be able to get on the end of a couple uh, and get it going back our way. Uh, so Dylan Shield for mine. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm going to go with Zach Merritt. I think he's in fantastic form at the moment uh, for us. Um, you know, he's been finding the footy pretty easily. Um, we'd like him to use it a little bit better, and I'm sure he'll get better at that. Um, but I think, yeah, he can be the player that gets off the chain. And, um, yeah, let's hope uh, he can have an influential game for the Bombers. Uh, most importantly, mate, do you give the Bombers any hope and who's going to win and by how much? Oh, look, James, you know, you're always in with a shot. Um, you know, like like Lloyd Christmas says from Dumb and Dumber, mate, uh, if you're one in a million, you're still in with a chance. So, um, but But honestly, I don't see us... Coming away with the, with the four points here, I think Richmond will probably get it done uh, by about four or five goals. I think they've just got too much class all around the ground. Uh, and the fact that they play as a solid unit, they all understand their game plan. They know their roles within that game plan uh, much stronger than, than we do currently. Um, so while we'll have flashes of brilliance, and I'm sure... Blokes will, um, you know, show some things for the highlight reel. Oh, I think Richard will just be too strong for us in the end. How about yourself, mate? How do you see it? Yeah, um, I just can't see us beating Richmond. You know, I, I picked us to beat St Kilda, and I, you know, I was left to be pretty red faced with that prediction. But um, yeah, I just 
honestly can't see us in any realm beating Richmond with the current side that we've named. Um, I am more excited to see players like Jake Stringer and even Irving Mosquito as a first gamer. Obviously, I don't have high expectations on him, but I'm excited to see what he can produce. And um, yeah, So I'm more excited overall to see this side play. Um, yeah, even Braden Ham getting back in the side. Uh, I'm glad the club went with that. Um, obviously, we don't uh, put them where they're named. But I don't really see him as a centre half forward, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he's that big bodied mid man. Oh yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, I think he can be, you know, pretty damaging player if he gets enough space. But against the Richmond side that is so seasoned and you know who's basically the best team when they're in the best form. Um, I think Richmond's best is probably better than most, um, probably with exception with the Eagles. Um, but also, like, when you look at um, who, who we've got to play, uh, I think we're going to be having a lot of these big challenges because I don't know if you've noticed, maybe the last couple of weeks, Geelong have been scary as anyone. Um, the way they've decimated some of the sides uh, with their play, uh, yeah, we've got a tough few weeks coming ahead so let's hope the Bombers can at least show a better game plan hopefully you know put a better score on the board you know I don't know about you I'm not really enjoying watching us kick six to eight goals a match like it's not it's not footy as we know it in a way like I know it's a shortened game but you know, if you're only getting six or seven goals a game it's yeah you know, shows you how hard you're working just to get into your forward line uh, interestingly, we've actually been winning the forward 50 entries. We just can't do anything with it because our entries are just so poor and easily marked by the defence. And, you know, that's where the Tigers, they'll love that if we continue with that um, this week. Yeah, they will, mate. Grimes will, will have a field day. Basher Hall, he's a smart user of the footy. Even Nick Vlasson, he's, uh, he's been playing quite well this year. So, we um, yeah, we can't be confident up cheaply there so agreed we just need to come with that competitive spirit lower the eyes when you're going inside 50 uh, and I think we will structure up better with, with both Stringer and Stewart in that forward line I think it'll give us a much better look so look we can we can hope for the best mate but uh, I suppose being being realists uh, yeah I guess we'll uh, temper our expectations for the match uh, but just hope we we sort of give her all of the contest that's right. All right, mate. Well, um, we see Ben Rutten and Blake Carousella come up against their old side. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what intel they have and uh, if any of it comes to fruition during the game. So, till then, uh, we'll see you next episode and go Bombers. Go Dons.